Knowledge is the key. CannabisRadio.com is here to keep you in the know on Just Say No. Did you know there are over 100 medical conditions that can benefit from cannabis therapy? Just Say No talks to patients who have used cannabis to treat their medical symptoms and create a better quality of life. Each week, we will tackle a chronic condition by talking to patients, doctors, and researchers with the goal to helping you live, learn, and thrive. Just say yes to Just Say No. Now here is your host, Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com. Hello, and thanks for joining us. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com, and welcome to Just Say No. Each week here on Just Say No, we evaluate, investigate, and give a thorough look at all the various diseases we think cannabis therapy can help. Today on our show, we're very excited. We'll be talking about eyes. Specifically, we'll be talking about glaucoma. And our guests today are Dr. Carlos Santo and Jim Carberry. Dr. Carlos Santo is a licensed neuropathic medical doctor and acupuncturist in Phoenix, Arizona. And in addition to his private practice, Dr. Santo is the medical director of four state-licensed marijuana dispensaries in Arizona. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. Dr. Santo, I wanted to start with you. It seems like the idea for using marijuana for glaucoma dates back to the 1970s. It's the first condition I ever heard about that marijuana can help, almost to the point where people kind of make jokes, oh, it's for my glaucoma. Almost every state has approved it as medical use on their list of qualifying diseases. And just to kind of highlight how serious it is, it's the second leading cause for blindness after cataracts. And I was reading that 3 million people in the U.S. have glaucoma. I was wondering if you could just give us a basic overview of the eye and where glaucoma affects the eye. Hi, thanks for having me. And and just a minor correction, my title is naturopathic physician. So... Yes, that's not a problem. <laughs> uh, happy to be here. So glaucoma is, uh, as you said, is, is a very worldwide condition, and, and it's, in fact, it's the most common cause of blindness. And what it is caused by is uh, an increase in the intraocular pressure. You can think of like the sclera itself or the eyeball, and think yeah. of it like a balloon. That pressure inside that balloon goes up, and it's going to press against, obviously, all parts of that balloon. But the weakest area is always going to be the one to give. And unfortunately, that is where the optic nerve exits the eye and transmits visual images to the visual cortex. That is the issue. The pressure decreases that neuronal message, if you will, to the brain. Many people don't even know they have it. That's the thing. About half of the people who have the condition don't even know it. So how does it present itself? Does it feel like it's just your eyes have gone bad or do you actually feel the pressure in the back of your eye? It's largely asymptomatic, but ultimately it's something that people would be screened for if they're noticing a progressive decline in their vision. That's the thing. Elderly, of course, are going to be at much more risk for it, as are African Americans. However, children are not excluded from it either. And so around 1 in 10,000 children are born with it. So it's a matter of when it's actually diagnosed. Yeah, I've never read about any children having it, but it does seem to affect the elderly. What's the age range, do you think, where people start noticing that they have glaucoma? Well, it's a tough one to say because it's yeah. a slow and progressive disorder, and you know most conditions are age-related, presbyopia, myopia, those kinds of things. They just require corrective lenses for. However, uh, an astute ophthalmologist or, or even an optometrist is going to perhaps look at the patient in their totality and, and make a recommendation to have their intraocular pressure measured and ultimately assess that as a potential cause of the disorder. 
Okay, this might sound naive, but is this something that you can use LASIK to correct? I've had LASIK myself. There are laser therapies for it, yeah. Ultimately, correcting it, I, it's a challenge. I mean, again, to start with palliative measures, which are a number of different courses of medications, beta blockers, antihypertensives, and other types of anti-inflammatories to treat this. And then if those don't work, then a bigger measure, surgery and laser, ones that will be employed. Again, this is not a specialty of mine, but I can speak in yeah. generalities about it. Sure, and why sure. we love marijuana about this is because marijuana shows a number of neurological benefits, which is the main reason people are using it for glaucoma. Got you. And the progression of this disease, people eventually go blind? Yes, absolutely. That is the ultimate end result of the condition and is considered an inevitability uh, in those who are suffering from this. Those who are oh, lucky enough really? to stave it off using palliative measures, then they're lucky. But the eventuality is we slow it to the point where we can't anymore, and then we just uh, ultimately expect the patient to go blind. It's unfortunate. Oh, wow. How quickly does that happen? It depends on lifestyle, the person's overall health. I mean, typically systemic hypertension is going to increase someone's risk for this because this is like a centrally isolated hypertensive event inside yeah. the eye socket, itself, the eyeball itself. However, having hypertension systemically is going to, of course, increase risk. Someone's circulation, in other words, diabetics might be at risk for this as well. Yeah. People who are obese have other complications in the cardiovascular system. These are conditions that are considered comorbidities along with the disease itself. Gotcha. So with hypertension, are you trying to decrease with traditional medicines to treat glaucoma? Are you trying to reduce blood pressure? That's the idea, sure. That's the idea. And we so have a variety of, of different blood pressure medications, and they like the beta blockers in regard to glaucoma. And essentially what that does is reduces the pressure and ultimately the blood flow to the area. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about marijuana. How does marijuana help treat glaucoma? I guess that's a pretty broad question, but we'll, we'll narrow it down. Well, sure, if you look at the benefits of the plant itself, and yeah. not necessarily the subcomponents, the two major being, of course, THC and CBD, right. we know that they are directly anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. They are also neuroprotective. Those two characteristics right there are the way in which we see a number of neurological conditions and vascular conditions, glaucoma included, being significantly benefited by this. It's also a very potent antioxidant, which helps to decrease cellular destruction. This is not a cancer. It's also very anti-tumorigenic. So we do know that it does cause a regression of diseased cells away from the diseased tissue. This is why it's so being looked at in the medical community. And I might want to yeah. tell you, or just make a mention here, that both the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Academy of Neurology, two AMA-sanctioned specialty boards, have made public statements, and you can look this up, yeah. they've made public statements supporting the nationwide legality of marijuana so that we can study it better. We, right yeah. now, the, the human trials are very wanting and limited. Ethically, we can't do them because it is still federally illegal. Preparing for this, I was looking at some research studies, and it seems like there's pros and cons, but the con side... It seems like marijuana doesn't affect it enough to be a course of action to take. For instance, there's a few things that they say that if you take marijuana, it'll only help you for a few hours and then it goes away. So you have to take marijuana all day. And I was wondering, first, is that true? And then also, can we use CBD-based marijuana instead of THC-based marijuana? Do we know what the cannabinoids inside marijuana are that affect glaucoma? Yes, yes. Again, the two dominant cannabinoids being THC and CBD. THC also, though, does have the psychoactive potential, whereas CBD does not. 
nothing is ever going to be better than the plant in its totality, number one. So using it as an, you know, an inhaled substance or an orally is going to determine how its half-life is uh, rendered in the circulation. Edibles are going to have a shorter initial effect, but then longer term over several hours is where you'll see the benefits there. And, and the edibles uh-huh. being, you know, cookies. Browns yes. and candy yeah, yeah. and things like that. <laughs> of course. But uh, in a case where, for instance, in our patient today, you know, he's using several times throughout the day and night because he's using the inhaled version. He gets an immediate effect right when he wakes up in the morning, and then he is going to know when he can tell when his um, intraocular pressure is going up because he can, he'll, he'll start noticing his, his vision beginning to blur, and he'll actually feel a sense of it. He's had this since childhood. And so the idea is you get to know when you need it. And so the smoke is going to give you, the, or the vapor, is going to give you the immediate effect within seconds. Let's stop right there, yeah. Dr. Santos. Sorry for cutting you off, and we'll talk to, to Jim right. about how he makes it. We do need to take a break. When we come back, let's jump to Jim and talk about his experience with glaucoma. Thank you. We will be right back once you get to know our sponsors. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Just Say No, spelled K-N-O-W-O is back with more conversation about curing and healing with cannabis only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Just Say No. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com. We've been discussing glaucoma with Dr. Santo. I want to bring in Jim Carberry, who's been living with and treating his glaucoma with marijuana. Very excited to have you on, Jim. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to ask you all these personal questions now. So <laughs> how old are you? I'll be 60 in October. Okay. So, And when did you learn that you had glaucoma? I guess I was 32 when I was diagnosed officially, wow. but I had the That's symptoms young, way right? before that. That's very young. Oh, yeah. It's very young. I was working as a photo technician 
and I would notice that I had halos around the lights of cars coming at me and basically Uh everything that was illuminated, I got halos around. And since I know in my family, my grandparents on both sides were blind and all my uncles went blind. So I kind of, when the effects started happening, I, you know, went to the doctor and went through the normal eye drops, which I found to be severely allergic to. Oh, wow. What were the the eye drops made of? Was it a prescription eye drop? Yes, it was a prescription. It was a beta blocker. I'm allergic to beta blockers, so I have an issue with that. I almost died when I put an eye drop in my eyes and I couldn't breathe for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So what other traditional medications did you use to try and treat it? Well, I did the eye drops, and then the the doctor was said I couldn't tolerate the the drops, and that the side effects were really dangerous for me. I was kind of left out in the open, and I had to do my own research to figure out what to do next. So you were seeing halos. Did you feel eye pressure in your eye, or did you have trouble reading? Or in the course of a normal day, what's a normal day like living with glaucoma? That's a two-part question. Okay. First part is it feels like someone is pressing on your eyes with their fingers. Oh, okay. With, you know, just putting pressure on. When I yeah. first started to get in the side effects from the glaucoma, I thought I had a sinus infection. That's how it feels. You know, I would get pain in my face yeah. and a severe throbbing and also like visual distortions. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that and, doesn't sound you know, like they, any fun at all. The, did it lead to migraines no, no. and stuff like that as well? I mean, sinus headaches. Yeah, exactly. When people ask me what it feels like, I would say, did you ever have an ear infection? And you yeah. know how that feels? In your eye. Just put it right in your eye. That's kind of how the pressure and the pain feels. Uh, that sounds awful. <laughs> Did you, uh, so when did you find out about marijuana as therapy? Was it in your 30s still? I went the traditional route, and uh, I went and saw a bunch of different specialists on glaucoma, and they all basically said the same thing. I'm allergic to the drop, so they don't know really what to do. I'm not a candidate for the laser because of the shape of my eye. Because I was born with it. So, you know, that's uh, basically everyone in my family. My younger brother just got diagnosed also. So it's oh, like, wow. and it's something that the whole family dealt with. And, all, you know, all my life I've been around blind people. <laughs> Did anybody in your um, family use cannabis before you? Or are you the first of your family to use I'm the, cannabis? I'm the first. Okay. Yeah, I'm the first. Did they accept you using cannabis or were, I bet they did just because they all know what you were dealing with. You know, I got a little bit of the stigma about doing it and when they realized how effective it was. See, what happened was I went to the eye doctor, I got my pressures taken, and then I went out to the parking lot. He didn't have any idea that I was doing this. (laughs) I took three hits off a little pipe that someone had given me. Uh-huh. And I didn't even, it wasn't even medical then, and there was no such a thing. And yeah. I went back in, 20 minutes later, my pressures were cut in half. Oh, wow. What did he think That's happened? how dramatic. <laughs> he must have been like, well, miracle, when I, you're when I told him, yeah, well, when I told him, he kicked me out of the office. He did? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yes, he, 
So attitudes so. <laughs> on this have changed a little bit since then, I assume. <laughs> oh, drastically, drastically. Yeah. I wanted to get into kind of the granular. I know people who listen are going to want to try this. What do you suggest that right. they do? Do they smoke? Do they use a tincture? Do they vape? What is it? CBD? Well, is the, it THC? What works? THC is the main ingredient for lowering your pressure. One of the yeah. ingredients. CBD also has an effect, but yeah. uh, from the reading I have done, it needs to be THC. It needs to be there. I eat it, drink it, and smoke it. I do everything I can to have my titration level as high as I can. It doesn't affect me psychoactively. But most people who do it for medicine, the psychoactive effects get lessened, but the physical effects continue. In other words, it still lowers my eye pressure, but I don't catch a buzz, as they say. It doesn't affect me that way. It just so cools it's my like eyes a down. It's can... thing over time. It's a tolerance you've built up. Correct. To... Absolutely. Okay. You're not some yeah. freak of nature that's able to not get high ever. <laughs> No, no, not, not at all. Yeah. Gotcha. Actually, it's, sometimes I wish it was the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think works the best? I mean, I would assume that edibles last the longest for you. Okay, here's the problem. Uh, okay. Smoking it is the most effective way because okay. what it does is it lowers your pressures quickly. Where with edible, the eating of it effects can be variable because yeah. what you ate... You know, have you, if you slept well, et cetera, et cetera, the type of uh, edible it is, all that has a bearing on the effects. Now, when I fly, say, and I can't smoke, of course, yeah. um, then I, I would eat an edible to keep my pressures down, but I have to be very specific on the timing and everything else. Before yeah. we run out of time, I wanted to but, jump into, so what have you seen, you compared to your family, since you're almost like you have a control group already, what have right. you seen improvements with your use of cannabis therapy versus your family who's experienced the same thing? The yeah. same drop that I had an allergic uh, reaction to, my grandmother had a uh, sudden heart failure, which is one of the first side effects of it. And she was already blind, and they continued giving her the drops because of the pain. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that eventually, you know, she didn't have heart disease or anything, but it stopped her heart. I want to come back to this yeah. question. And actually, let's come back after the break yeah. and discuss it. Because okay. I really want to know how it's yeah. affected you versus your family. So, yes, we do need to take a break. Right. We'll be right back. And we'll talk okay. to Jim about his experience with glaucoma. And we'll also bring Dr. Santo back and talk a little bit about Arizona marijuana politics. We will be right back once you get to know our sponsors. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. 
Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Just Say No, spelled K-N-O-W, is back with more conversation about curing and healing with cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com, and we've been talking to Jim about his experience with glaucoma. And Jim, I wanted to keep talking to you. I was originally asking you how you see your glaucoma benefiting versus your family, who had had no cannabis therapy and just did traditional medications. Everyone's life expectancy was shortened by, because of the toxic nature of the eye medicine. Oh, <laughs> That's a good way to really? put it. Okay. Yeah, I right. didn't, I, you know, I'm very healthy as far as my lifestyle and everything. My cannabis use has helped me in other ways because of lowering inflammation and everything else. And I still have my driver's license. I can still read. I can still do pretty much everything. (laughs) This degenerative nature of the disease, it's pretty aggressive, but you've had it for over three decades now, right? That's correct. What happens is your uh, peripheral vision, it slowly shrinks. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people don't know. And it's also called the thief of the night. Glaucoma is called the thief of the night because you usually go blind overnight. Oh, really? It just happens? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's terrifying. Yeah. Is that what happened to your, yeah, exactly. your family as well? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have My to ask, grandmother woke up blind. And I have to ask you really quick. You said your, your brother was just diagnosed with this. Is he going to follow uh-huh. in your footsteps here? Yes. Well, see, he, he has got a sensitive job, so mm-hmm. he can't really, and he doesn't live in a state where you know, cannabis is legal medicinally. Hmm. So he has an issue. So he's going to try to find another job so that he can do the medicine because he can't take the drops either. It made him sick. Oh, he's so, also allergic. Um, well, yeah. best of luck to him. He should move. <laughs> That's yeah, easy yeah exactly right. That's what I tell him. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's switch yeah, yeah. back to Dr. Santo. Jim, thank you so much. Uh, it was great. Oh, no problem, Ryan. Thank you so much. 
Hello, Dr. Santo. Thanks for joining us again. Hi. I wanted to ask you, I know you are the medical director of four dispensaries there in Arizona, and I just wanted to get your feeling for how's it going on the ground there in Arizona. Do you feel like the state is ready for 2016? I've heard there's going to be maybe six different ballot initiatives. Uh, maybe they're going to try and regulate it like alcohol. What have you been hearing? I hadn't heard about the alcohol issue regulation, but here's the thing. The people want it, and now that we know that there aren't an increase in, in crimes and fatalities on the road, etc., I think a lot of the detractors now have gone away and or maybe even become converts. A lot of the knee-jerk response initially in opposition to it has really gone away. We're not seeing a lot of negative press like we used to. Now that it's you know on board, above board, I should say, and we see that everything is being done through the dispensaries, it's a lot more accepted as mainstream here. It's amazing. For such a conservative, traditionally conservative state, uh, we're doing quite well. I have good confidence yeah. in the ballots coming up that uh, I think we're going to get good faith part of the citizenry here. Oh, that's good. And you would probably know since you're directly involved in this, but what do you think the most common reason people are coming in to dispensaries to treat? What's the most common medical condition? 80, sure. Well, by far, it's pain. 88% yeah. of the cardholders have it for pain. And pain, of course, has to be substantiated. You can't just walk in and say, my knee hurts. You have to have medical substantiation, valid medical records dating back that showing that the condition is chronic and yet still ongoing and recurrent. Uh, and I might want to add, we did include this in January 1st of this year, PTSD as the only psychological diagnostic criteria that is now added to the formulary. And that is really great because we needed that. The veterans here, of course, as we know, we're getting national yeah. attention, have a tremendous need for better care than what they've been getting. And we are seeing a lot of promise with medical marijuana as adding to their total protocol and getting yeah. them off of some of these meds that were actually causing them to commit suicide and things like that. Yeah, now we just have to wait for the Veterans Affairs Administration to uh, step up their game and allow it as well, right? Well, being a federal agency, (laughs) that's the challenge, you see, because it's federally illegal, federal Trump state in this regard. But uh, we do have it as a valid diagnosis, and so the VA is not paying for it, but the the vets can come in at discounts and discounted rates and pick up their medication, their medicine, and they're doing so at uh, great rates. Okay, one quick question. Inflammation, is that what causes pain? Is that what we're treating mainly with cannabis, in your opinion? Well, correct. It's anti-inflammatory. It may be pain-blocking, and that that is one of the areas of the research that we're looking into. Does it work as a pain blocker as well? And so that's the thing. The thing is directly anti-inflammatory, meaning it's actually proactively addressing the pain, not just correcting the surface or blocking the feeling of the pain, as do the pain medications, particularly the opiate, highly addictive opiate meds. That's all they do is they block our feeling of the pain centrally. However, there's nothing proactive on the inflammatory level that those meds are doing like cannabis does do. Yeah. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. thank you, Dr. Santo. We're all out of time. I I do want to thank you for joining us. Yeah. And, um, We'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Carlos Santo, again, and uh, Jim Carberry and our producers for making this show possible. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Google+. For more information about our guests and to read more about patients to control their systems and to talk to me, you can go to MJWellness.com. You can visit Dr. Carlos Santo at www.drcarlosanto.com. 
And please join us next week when we'll tackle using cannabis to manage weight loss. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.